Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about strong men in weak times. We are definitely living in a time when men have been minimized, men have been eviscerated, men have been emasculated. We have downplayed the role and the place that men have in our homes, in our churches, in our society. And as a result, we're suffering as a nation because we don't understand and refuse to submit to the order that God put in place in his word. I believe that God is still saying, as he did in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, I searched for a man among them who would build up and stand in the gap for me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found none. Don't let that be said of you and me in this church this morning. Don't let that be said of you that are watching online today or will watch in the days ahead. Don't let it be said that God looked for a man to stand in the gap to build up the wall, but he found no one. But rather today I have come to challenge you men, not just dads, but men to stand up, to be strong, to be a strong man in a weak culture and step into the place that God has called you to be. There is no doubt in my mind or yours that we live in a very evil age and evil era. You can read in Galatians 1, 4, Romans 12, 2. We live in an age and an era where things aren't redefined, where they're reprogrammed, where we re-educate those that disagree with us. And part of that process is, as he talked about, the cancel culture. But may I tell you, this isn't new. This isn't a new attack from Satan. He's used it through the ages. The Bible records time and time and time again where Satan has attempted to cancel God's truth and to cancel God's people. But every time he tried, without fail, the word of God prevailed. Without fail, the people of God were preserved. Without fail, God's purposes came to pass. So I've come to tell you this morning, you can't cancel the word of God. The Lord says in his word that his word shall not return void. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word stands forever. <coughs> We can continue to read the word and we see that the promise of God are without fail. You cannot cancel the promises of God. You cannot cancel the cross of Jesus Christ. You cannot cancel the resurrection from the dead that Jesus lived before you and I. You cannot cancel the promise of a heavenly home. You cannot cancel the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot cancel the hope that we have of salvation by grace through Jesus. Oh, somebody ought to be shouting now. Somebody ought to be understanding what I'm saying this morning. It doesn't matter what society says, what Satan attempts. You cannot cancel the will and the plans of God. We have got to come to the place where we understand we stand on Christ, the solid rock. He is our foundation. He is our hope. He is our future through Jesus Christ. <coughs> we have to understand that cancel culture has definite goals. And I'm going to talk about three of those very quickly. Number one, to destroy children. 
Not only through abortion, and that's a horrible, horrible wrong in our country and around the world. And it's a sad shame when we're spending the taxpayers' money money to fund abortions around the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. Cancel culture wants to destroy children. Not only through abortion. You can read it in Exodus chapter 1. The Pharaoh tried to destroy the Israelites and killed their children because he was afraid there'd be more of them than there were of the Egyptians. You can read it in the book of Matthew chapter 2 where Herod killed every child under the age of two years old. And today, not only does abortion claim the lives of millions of children around the world every year, but let's take it one step further. Even many times today, our children are taught things that indoctrinate them in the doctrines of inclusion, in the doctrines of anti-bias and anti-bullying. All sound good, but in fact, they're very insidious and have the root in Satan. They destroy children. Listen, your children shouldn't be afraid about his or her gender. They should know, I'm a boy, I'm a girl, and I'm not changing what God made me to be. We have to come to the place where we as believers don't buy the lie that is sold through the media, sold through the Hollywood, sold through the politicians. There are not 63 genders, there are two genders, male and female, created he, them, is what Genesis says. And we've got to come to the place we embrace that again. You say, but we don't want to offend anybody. Listen. I would much rather offend you now by telling the truth than have you stand at the great white throne judgment and say, why didn't you tell me, preacher? I didn't know because you were afraid to speak up. It's time for men and women, men to stand up and be strong in today's society. Council culture wants to silence God's prophets, God's preachers, God's messengers. 1 Kings 18, you see it, that Jezebel killed the prophets of God. Jesus was sacrificed, crucified as a prophet of God and the Savior of the world. The apostles, all with the exception of John, died a martyr's death. Men, I've come to tell you this morning, it's time we stopped fearing death and started fearing God. It's time we stop fearing what someone else says and we stop fearing what God says. It's time we stop worrying about what that coworker or what that neighbor or that casual acquaintance or that family member has to say about our positions and we worry more about what does Jesus think? What grieves the Holy Ghost? What's going to make a difference in eternity? And we stand up and be strong men in a weak culture. Today, truth and those who speak truth are under attack. We witness the rejection of absolute truth. The night's turning a few years ago, or a few weeks ago, I shared with the guys the fact that George Bonner did a survey. And over 60% of evangelical Christians do not believe in absolute truth. How did we get there? Let me tell you how we got there. We got there because we got a bunch of, got to be careful, Oklahoma almost came out there. We got a bunch of milk toast preachers who are trying to please people and tickle their ears rather than proclaim the word of God. It's time for the pulpit once again to declare God's word, God's truth, God's way. And don't worry about what anyone else says. We have substituted justice for mob justice and violent anarchy on a daily basis. 
Cancel culture wants to silence the voice of God's people. And third, cancel culture wants to persecute the opposition with lies and misrepresentations. Mark my word, the day is coming in these United States of America where you will pay a price for standing for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's time you decide either I'm in or I'm out. Either I will or I won't. Either I'll stand or I'll fold. Either I'll be firm in my faith or I'll run in fear. It's time to decide, men and women, where you're going to land when persecution comes against you. Where you're going to stand when days are not easy. Council culture tries to marginalize the church of Jesus Christ, saying that we're extremists. Oh, I want you to know I want to be an extremist. I want people to know I'm sold out to Jesus Christ. That I don't care what they think. I don't care what they believe. I've heard a sure word from the throne of God. I've determined I will not stand by and do nothing. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. True men of God, men who stand in weak times are men who said, I won't stand by and do nothing. God's going to use me to be an influence in a godless world to bring light and to bring hope. Make no mistake about it, we are at war, ladies and gentlemen. We're at war with Satan and the devices and the tactics of the enemy. And he uses the forces of this present age to wage his battles. This is one of them that we're talking about this morning. Cancel culture seeks to silence truth for its own brand of truth. It seeks to cancel peace for a facade of unity. Listen, folks, you cannot be in unity with the devil. You cannot be in unity with works of darkness and be a believer in Jesus Christ. He called you out of that mess and he brought you into light. Quit trying to hold on to it and drag it with you. Today, it's time for men and women to stand up, stand firm and declare God's truth. It's time to understand God's looking for strong men in weak times. The gospel has wanted to be canceled across the world today. But I've come to tell you, there is only one way forward for the church of Jesus Christ. And it is this, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, I said it, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates. Did you hear it? I said the gates. I said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's time for believers to grow a backbone, not a wishbone. A backbone, not a wishbone. To stand up and be firm and be tall and be counted for the name of Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. You cannot counsel the word of God. You cannot cancel the promises of God. You cannot cancel the cross of Jesus Christ. You cannot counsel his resurrection on the third day. You cannot counsel salvation by grace through faith. You cannot cancel power in the Holy Ghost. You cannot counsel the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. In this day and in this age, we need strong men. I'm going to give you three things and I'm done. Number one. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost. I said men who are full of the Holy Ghost. 
Acts chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. You'll remember the story. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John going to the temple. The lame man was sitting there asking for an offering. Peter said, silver and gold, we don't have. But what we have, we're going to give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, rise and walk. And his feet and his leg, ankle bones received strength. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. That was a great miracle. People saw it. They knew that lame man. He'd been there for years. Acts chapter 4, they're preaching Jesus. The Sanhedrin, the religious folks hear about it and they call him in. And Peter and John, this is what they said to them. When they set them in the midst, the Sanhedrin set them in their midst. They said, by what power or what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's all I'm going to read. I want you to understand. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, there is an answer in your mouth. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, there is a backbone that enables you to stand. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, the power of God flows through you to touch those around you. I'm looking for some men who are full of the Holy Ghost today. Looking for some men who are full of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for some men who know how to stand against the powers of evil. Acts chapter 4 verses 18 through 20. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But listen to this. But Peter and John answered them and said, Whether is it right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God? You judge. You decide. For we cannot but speak the things we have seen and we have heard. Oh, I've come to tell you, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be saying to those around you, I've seen the miracle working power of God. I've seen God save and heal and deliver. I've seen God do things that people said could not be done. So you tell me, should I be quiet because you want me to? Or should I speak what God poured into my heart? Men of God. Men of strength who are full of the Holy Ghost will stand against the powers of evil. Men who know how to depend on God during times of pressure. Acts chapter 4 verses 29 and 30. They said, now Lord look on their threats. Grant your service that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal. That signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Did you hear what they prayed? They didn't pray, oh God deliver us from this mess. They didn't pray, God get us out of this pressure. God takes us away from the persecution. But they said, Lord fill your servants with boldness. I'm looking for some men who will be bold in Jesus Christ. Who won't back down. Who not back away. But will stand and declare the wonderful words of God. And I'm looking for some men who will stand in what they believe. Listen to me. If you don't know what you believe, you'll fall for anything. You'll believe everything. You'll go down that Primrose Lane that leads to destruction if you don't know what you believe. Well, I've come to tell you this morning, I believe the Word of God. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died and rose again on the third day. I believe when I confess and repent of my sins, He forgives me of my sins. He gives me a new name, a new hope, and a new destination. I've come to tell you today, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Men, you got to know what you believe. 
You can't float from pillar to post, preacher to preacher, doctrine to doctrine. You have got to stand foundation in the word of God, knowing this thus saith the Lord, and I'm walking in it. Listen to me, men, fathers, grandfathers. You'll never lead your children and grandchildren to Christ if you don't know what you believe. You'll never make a difference in their lives if you can't articulate what you believe and why. It's time for God to fill men with the Holy Ghost to the point we know what we believe, why we believe it, and we're willing to stand for it. And when that happens, listen to this. When that happens, we come to the place where we have nothing to lose. We only have gain. And you should fear the man that has nothing to lose. I said it again. You should fear the man that has nothing to lose. The man that knows there's nothing you're going to do that's going to that's going to harm me, that's going to touch me, that's going to come against me. You may try, but God has got me, and even if you kill me, I've got an eternal home in heaven that is so much better than this lousy life I'm living on earth, and I'm living for the day when I hear him call my name and when I hear him say, "Well done." Good and faithful servants. Men who know what they believe will stand. Because that man is a man who has nothing to lose. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost. Men who will be led of the Holy Spirit. All right, ladies, here I come. Not led around by the nose by the wife. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost. And not afraid what their co-worker is going to say. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost, whose eyes are not constantly wandering and lusting and trying to go down roads they should never go down because they're believers in Jesus Christ. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost, who will stand and say, I will not look at porn anymore. I'm not going down that road anymore. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to do something in me that changes those around me. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost. Men who come to the understanding that I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Who come to the understanding I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Men who come to the understanding my mind is renewed every day by the word of God. And I'm no longer conformed to the world. I'm being transformed day by day by day. Men who will be led by the Spirit, not led by culture. Listen to me. If you don't let the Spirit lead you, culture will. Let me say it again. If you don't let the Spirit lead you, culture will. Hollywood will. The media will. Politicians will. Godless individuals will. I'm looking for some men who will say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and I will be led by the Spirit of God. Number two, I'm looking for some men who will lead others to Jesus Christ. Stephanie, would you come back with the musicians? Matthew, or excuse me, Romans 5, 18 and 19. So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all, even so, men, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification to all men. 
Perhaps through one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, many will be made righteous. I believe God is looking for some men who will stand and declare, there are not multiple roads to heaven, there's one road. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door to the sheepfold. He is the son of the Father. And he came and gave his life on Calvary for your sins and for mine. You see, the scripture says many will be made righteous through the sacrifice of one, speaking of Jesus. But they're not going to get there if we don't lead them. If we don't lead them. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But they won't get there if we don't lead them. When I think about eternity, the saddest thing that enters my mind, that breaks my heart, is the thought of men and women that I've come in contact with, that I didn't share the gospel with, whatever the reason may be, standing at the great white throne judgment saying, you knew? Really? You knew this was going to happen? Really? You knew about the lake of fire, the place called hell? You knew that? And you were silent? You didn't want to offend me? You didn't want to push me away? You didn't want to sever our relationship? Don't you think that this is more important than that? Oh, somebody hear me this morning. It's time to stop hiding behind excuses and stand up and speak the word of God. Tell people the reason for the hope that is within you. Why do you live differently? Why do you act differently? Why don't you go to the places you used to go to? What's happened in you that changed your life? It's time to tell somebody. And number three, men who are strong in times of weakness are men who learn to lead in love. They've learned to love the Father. What did he say? The first and greatest commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. And the second, he said, is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that's my eternal destiny. Well, if I love my neighbor the way I love myself, why don't I want the same thing for them? Why am I silent when I should be speaking? You see, if we really love the Father, as we say we love the Father, it will be shown in our love for others. It will be displayed in our love for those around us. Number two, they love their families. Men have learned to love their families. Love their wife, love their children, love their parents, love their grandparents, love their grandchildren, love their brothers and sisters. Sometimes that's hard. Believe me, I know I've walked that road. It can be very, very difficult. But God's call to men who are strong in weak times is that we learn to lead through love. And the men who are strong in weak times love the world. Love those who are on the outside, not on the inside. Love those who haven't heard the message of Jesus Christ. Why do we do missions? Because we love the world. Why are we doing outreach on the parking lot next Saturday night and feeding burgers and hot dogs and having basketball? Why are we doing that? 
Because every Saturday night, there's at least 100 12 to 15-year-olds on our parking lot. They've been causing trouble here, there, and everywhere. The police moved them from one parking lot to another. A couple of weeks ago, there were police cars all around this parking lot trying to move those kids off. It's time we say, stop. We don't need policing. We need the love of Jesus. They don't need simply moved on. They need to be introduced to Jesus Christ. This door needs to be opened. This church needs... Listen to me. Listen to me. When Pastor Isaiah and Pastor Chris do that outreach next Saturday night, you're going to be some kids, see some kids coming in here that don't look like you. They don't act like you. They may, a bit, may be a bit wild because they've never been in church before. They may have their pants hanging down to their knees because that's the way they dress. It's their culture. They may be saying words you never heard in the church. But listen to me, if we don't love them, how can we say we love God? If we don't want to reach them, how can we say we love God? Everybody in this room, everybody online, every night, every woman warrior in this place needs to be here next Saturday night. As we reach out to these teens, pre-teens. I was here last night. About five o'clock. They had already started early. There were two 12-year-old girls standing outside these doors right here under the overhang. It was starting to rain a little bit. I said, girls, are you okay? Yeah, we're okay. Girls, do you go to church anywhere? No, we don't go to church, mister. Girls, do you know Jesus? What are you talking about? They turned and walked away. If we don't tell them, who's going to tell them? If we don't reach them, who's going to reach them? Don't you complain about what's happening in our society if you won't put out the effort and some money to reach people for Jesus Christ. I don't even want to hear it. Matter of fact, you're probably in the wrong church if that's your attitude. I'm saying it in love. I do love you, but you need a heart change to get right with God and in alignment with the will of the Father. And if you're not doing that, then you probably need to go to that ecumenical church down the road where they don't care who you are or how you live. Because we care. And we're going to present a standard to you that's based on the word. And we're going to expect you to grow in Jesus Christ, become a disciple of the Lord, not just a convert, a disciple who follows Jesus. Write it down and remember, the only real leadership is loving leadership. The only real leadership is loving leadership. I'm looking for some strong men this morning. Who are full of the Holy Ghost. Knights, women, warriors, will you come right now? Bow your heads with me as they come. In just a moment, Stephanie's going to sing this song again. Set a fire down in my soul. You're here this morning. Your head is bowed. Your eyes closed as our knights and our women warriors are moving. To help me with the close of this service. You're in this place this morning. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you were to die today, you would split hell wide open. Your only hope this morning, friend, is Jesus Christ. The only way to change your life, your behavior, is Jesus Christ. You're here today. Last week, there were at least 20 people who raised their hand and said, I need to know Jesus. You're here this morning. You need to join that group. 
You need to know Jesus. You need your sins forgiven. You need to repent and walk him into your heart and your life. That's you. I'm talking to you. Slip up your hand right where you sit. I'm going to pray for you this morning. As I wait just a moment, slip up your hand right where you sit. As I wait just a moment. Every man in the room, stand to your feet with me today. I'm looking for strong men this morning who are full of the Holy Ghost, who are determined to follow God, who won't back up or back down, who will be a voice in this culture, a voice of light and truth and righteousness. I'm looking for strong men. If you're willing to be one of those strong men, I want you to come right over here where Pastor Chris is at in that aisle behind him. Move out right now. Come on, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to stand. I want you to move. Move out right now, right over here. I want you right over there in that aisle. Line up behind Pastor Chris. If you're willing to be one of those strong men. Come on, why aren't you? That's my question. Why aren't you? Why would you want to be anything less than what God has called you to be? Why would you settle for something that is not the power of God in and of your life? Why would you continue to live to a strange fire rather than the fire of the Holy Ghost? You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church, on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.